This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 says this, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. What, what's Paul saying? That Look, the greatest Christian other than Christ is saying, I, I haven't arrived. I haven't reached full maturity. I haven't arrived. But look, but he said, I'll follow after it. If that I may apprehend. What does the word apprehend? What does that mean, pastor? It means lay hold of. It means lay hold of. For that which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Here's what he said. I want to lay hold on him because he laid hold on me. <laughs> I, I, I want to lay hold on him because he laid hold on me. And then verse 13 says, Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. I'm going to forget those things which are behind. Now, what does it mean to forget those things which are behind? It means you choose not to think on them. It doesn't mean you get amnesia. Now, look, folks, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head. But you can keep them from nesting in your hair. Amen? Forgetting those things which are behind, I'm going to reach forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, I bow my head in your presence. I thank you for this day. I pray that you will speak to us and through us. I pray, God, that the people will hear another voice other than mine. And for all you do, I'm going to praise you. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about define the odds in this new year. Define the odds in this new year. It was December of 1914. The story says that Thomas Edison had a laboratory that his insurance covered $238,000, but it burnt to the ground and the value was over $2 million. So you can imagine the substantial loss that Thomas Edison had. But while the smoke was still smoldering, he said to his boys, boys, go get your mother. And once his wife arrived, he said these words, there is great value in disaster. All of our mistakes are burned up. <laughs> Thank God we can start anew. The new year says we can start anew. Folks, I want you to know something. God's a God of new beginnings. The Bible says in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God. 
in the beginning of God. The Bible says in the book of Lamentations that this morning in Lamentations chapter 3, God's mercies were renewed upon every one of us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Revelation 21 and 5, Christ said, I make all things new. In the 930 service, there was a couple in the service. I won't tell you who they are, but I'll tell you over 20 years they came to see us here at Rock Springs Church. They said, well, we're wanting to get a divorce. Our marriage can't take it anymore. And we said, no, let us work with you. And we started working with them. And by the way, folks, there's no problem too big to solve. There's only people too small to solve the problem. I don't know who that's for, but that's a, uh, uh, that's a rhema word. That's a, that's a word in season for somebody. There's no problem too big to solve. There's only people too small to solve the problem. And so we started working with them. 20 years later, they're still in the church. And he said to me, he said, you said something that really helped me. I said, what did I say that really helped you? He said, when we came to see you, you said to us, though you cannot go back and make a brand new start, you can begin right now and make a brand new end. Though we cannot go back and make a brand new start, we can begin right now and make a brand new end. Because God is a God of new beginnings. You say, Pastor, I want to have a great year. I want to defy the odds. I want to defy the odds in this new year. How can I do it? Well, let me give you four simple steps. Just simple things. Number one, you've got to get this. You've got to say goodbye to the past. You've got to say goodbye to the past. Say, Pastor, where do you get that? Well, Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I'm going to forget those things which are behind. See, a lot of people are not going to have a good year this year in 2022 because you hadn't gotten past 21. And some of you hadn't gotten past 2005. And some hadn't gotten past 1995. But I want you to know something. If you're going to have a good year, you got to say goodbye to the past. You got to wave goodbye. Let me explain. You got to say goodbye to the guilt. You got to quit beating yourself up and realize that you can't punish yourself for sin because Jesus took the punishment for your sin. He took the punishment for my sin. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we got to move past the guilt. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to move past the grief. We got to move past the grief. I know it's normal to have sorrow when we lose somebody. I'm preaching a funeral today at 2 o'clock. I know all about sorrow. The Bible says we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something. If you're here, God's still got a plan for you. If you're not dead, God's not done. And he's still got a plan. And he wants us to move past the guilt. And he wants us to move past the grief. And he wants us to move past the glory. Say, what are you talking about glory? Well, sometimes, folks, we're talking about when we were homecoming queen in 1995. I know you were the best player on your football team. Nobody was like you. I, I, I know what you did five years ago. I know it was amazing. What You were the businessman of the year. I know what you did. It's, it's wonderful. And, we, and by the way, we've all heard about it. But there comes a time, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to move on past the glory. Because if you camp in the glory, it will keep you from accomplishing much today. Pitcher was pitching and he retired from baseball. And after he retired, he didn't know how to function. He said, all those years I thought I was gripping the ball, but the ball was gripping me. You got to move on past the guilt. You got to move on past the grief. You got to move on past the glory. You got to move on past the grudges. The grudges. See, folks, it doesn't hurt me for people to hate me until I start hating them back. And bitterness does more damage to the container in which it's stored than the object on which it's poured. I'll tell you something, folks. We're starting a new year. A wonderful thing to do would be memorize Scripture. Let me give you the shortest verse in the Bible. That's it. Jesus wept. I went to church. You said, Pastor, I memorized scripture. Yes, Jesus wept. But let me give you the second shortest verse in the Bible. Luke 17, 32. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Now, now, let me give you the story. In Genesis chapter 19, two angels came to Sodom. Angels, apparently, folks, have the ability to take on human form. Now, I'm not a male chauvinist, but every angel mentioned in the Bible was a male angel. You said, Pastor said they weren't female angels. I didn't say that. I just said every angel mentioned was a male angel. I don't know. There may, be, there may be female angels also. What I know. But these male angels came to Solomon Gomorrah. Now look. The men saw those male angels and said, we want to have relations with them. 
We want to have relations with them. And folks, it angered God. Now, I'm preaching this with a broken heart. I'm preaching this with a broken heart. But marriage is to be between a man and a woman. It's to be between a man and a woman. And, And what I'm trying to say, I understand, I understand those men, I understand it's sin. And we've got to address it as sin. So God said, because of the sin, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. By the way, folks, I didn't say that. God's word said that. You say, well, I I don't agree with pastor. I can't help it. I'm just trying to preach the Bible. Leonard Ravenhill said, if Jesus preached like preachers preach today, he would have never been crucified. Just trying to share what God's word says. And God destroyed Sodom. And let me explain. God destroyed Sodom because of the, the, the sodomy, but it wasn't total because of the sodomy. In Ezekiel 16 and 49, they neglected the poor. You say, Pastor Benny, it's a serious situation when we neglect the poor. God said, because of these two issues, I'm going to rain fire and brimstone down. Now, here's all I want you to see. God said, Lot, you get you and your family out of there. You and your family, you, you, you get out of Sodom. And he said something in Genesis 19 and 17. Look not behind thee. He said, Lot, you and your family, you leave there. And you don't look back. And you know the story. Lot and his family were leaving. And the wife looked back. And she was turned into a pillar of salt. Now get this. If I'd been writing the Bible, if I'd been writing the Bible, I would have said, remember Eve, because we all came from her. I would have said, remember Mary, because she gave us Jesus. I would have said, remember Sarah, because we wouldn't have the Jewish race without her. But God didn't say, remember Mary. God didn't say, remember Eve. God didn't say, remember Sarah. God said, remember Lot's wife. And what Lot's wife did was look back. And there's a powerful message there for us, ladies and gentlemen. Don't look back. Don't look back. Say goodbye to the past. Keep on going. Don't look back. Don't reflect on the scars. Just reach for the stars. Say goodbye to the past. There's a second thing if we're going to have a good year. You got to settle on some priorities. You got to settle on some goals for the new year. Settle on some goals. You know, I believe this. I believe we ought to let the size of our God determine the size of our goals. We ought to let the size of our God determine the size of our goals. And Paul said, I press toward the mark. Something I've been doing now for decades. Habakkuk 2 and 2 says this. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. Every year, 
I start writing out my goals at the end of the year. Things that I believe that God's put in my heart. You say, Pastor, how do, how do you know what you want your goals to be? Habakkuk 2 2, look, Habakkuk 1 1. The burden. Many times it's the things that my heart's burdened over. It's the things that I'm praying about. 95% of people will never write out their goals. But of the 5% who do, they will achieve 95% of their goals. Emmett Smith said these words. And I wasn't planning to talk about football. Emmett Smith said, it's only a dream until you write it down, and then it becomes a goal. So what should our goals be? We're going to go to Jesus. We're going to go to Jesus. Luke 2.52. Look what it says. And Jesus increased. He progressed. Well, how did he progress? Number one, he progressed mentally. He progressed mentally. Do you realize 58% of people will never read a book after they graduate from high school? They're not learning new things. They're not progressing mentally. I've got 30 years of experience. No, you don't. You've got one year of experience 30 times. You're not progressing mentally. Oh, I love Jesus, and I got a full heart. Let me tell you something. Because you got a full heart doesn't mean you have to have an empty head. My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. God said my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. You're, you're growing, progressing mentally. I tell you, second of all, you're growing and progressing physically. Look, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. I realize when I get to this point, I'm treading where only angels trod. And I'm not going to camp here long. But I will tell you this, folks. We can't deny the fact that 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. You say, I'm not going to take care of my body. I'll tell you what, it's the temple of God. Your body and my body is the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit of God's in this body. I'm not saying we need to idolize this body. But in the same aspect, we shouldn't ignore this body because it is the temple of God. One lady said, I'm going to join an exercise class as the new year approaches. And she did. She called down to the class and was getting some instructions. And they told her, said, wear loose clothing. She said, if I had loose clothing, I wouldn't need the class. Jesus increased in wisdom. Jesus increased in stature. Wait. And favor with God. Jesus increased spiritually. Jesus increased spiritually. This year we ought to make a commitment. 
I'm going to increase spiritually. I'm going to get in God's word. I'm going to get God's word in me. You say, well, pastor, I want to read the Bible through this year. You can just 12 minutes a day and you'll read it through. But I'm not convinced it's so important you reading it through. It's so important it getting through you. This year, I'm going to get in the Bible. I'm going to have prayer time. Church is going to be a priority, not a possibility. It's going to be a priority. Many of you are watching. To be honest, you say, Pastor Benny, a lot of people are out of church because of health. Folks, a lot of people are out of church because of habit. A lot of people are out of church because we've got a custom to our PJs and our coffee. Instead of getting up and going to God's house. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know if it's health or habit with me. Well, here's just a thought. If you go everywhere else. I mean, I don't mean this wrong, folks. But don't run up to me in the restaurant and hug me and tell me how bad you miss church. Get this, and he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Jesus was not some monk that lived down by the Dead Sea. He was progressing relationally. He was progressing relationally. He said, Pastor, I want to achieve my goals. How can I do it? Number one, you need God's spirit to empower you. You need God's word to guide you, and you need God's people to support you. How are we going to have a great year? Say goodbye to the past. Settle on some priorities. Number three, stop the pressure. What I mean by stop the pressure, God's not going to do for us what we can do for ourselves. The Bible says if your hand offends you, you cut it off. It says if your eye offends you, you pluck it out. What does that mean, pastor? It means God's not going to do for us what we can do for ourselves. I used to take my lunch when I worked in the machine shop. And it reminded me of a story of a man who worked in a machine shop, and he opened up his lunch. And he said, bologna. I hate bologna. I hate bologna sandwiches. I despise bologna sandwiches. And his friend said, just calm down. Just calm down. You don't have to be this way. He said, tomorrow, when your wife packs your lunch, she can prepare some pimento cheese. She can prepare some uh, potted meat. Most of you don't even know what potted meat is. She can prepare some potted meat tomorrow when your wife prepares your lunch. He said, my wife don't prepare my lunch. I fix my own lunch. <laughs> God will not do for us what only we can do for ourselves. 
You say, wait, pastor, I need God to get me away from some people. No, no, no. You get away from the people. If those people are pulling you down, if those people are pulling you down, no, no, you just get away from them. No, no, if that association is pulling you down, oh, I need God to get me away from them. No, 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 no. You just get away from them. You, 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 you just get away from them. You say, well, well, well pastor, I'm a, you know, I, I've got a situation. I just hate my job. Well, here's thought. Life's too short to be miserable, folks. Life's too short to be miserable. You say, well, I heard pastor preach. I'm going to quit work today. I didn't say do that. But I will tell you this, you can start planning. Don't put your plane in the air till you've got a place to land. But God's got something for you. God doesn't want you to be miserable at work. But you've got to, you, 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 you've got to make that decision. I mean, all through the years, people would say to me, sometimes people would say, Pastor, I, I, I smoke. I want you to help me to quit. I'll, say, I'll be glad to help you. Two steps. Stop and suffer. Pastor, I want you to help me lose weight. I can help you. Slow down and suffer. I found this diet. I can just eat all I want and I can just eat all I want and lose weight. I've got a Greek word for that, baloney. God's not going to do for us what we can do for ourselves. Sam Chan's a mentor in my life. He's a consultant to business and churches. I said, Sam, as you go into these businesses and churches, what's the common denominator with all of them? He said, there's always somebody that needs to be fired. But it's hard to find somebody with the fortitude to make the decision. How can I have a great year? Here's how you can have a great year. Say goodbye to the past. Settle on some priorities. Stop the pressure. You make the decisions you know that you need to make. Have the courage to make them. And lastly, maybe most important, serve the people. Serve the people. You know what Jesus said in Matthew 23? He said, let the greatest among you be your servant. So he said, the greatest among all of us, let him or her serve. And then Martin Luther King Jr. said, any one of us can be great because any one of us can serve. Every one of us can be great because every one of us can serve. You want significance in your life? You start serving other people. You want to have a great year? Get your eyes off you. Get your eyes off the mirror. And start serving other people. You say, I want to be successful. Oh, there's something so far beyond that. It's called significance. And if you want significance in your life, you start serving other people. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, I want to have some time with you. You don't need a lot of time with me. Let me explain why. If you just come to church, you'll get all of me. If you just come to church, you'll get all of me. Because you get my whole philosophy for everything if you just come to church. You just get, all you got to do is come to church. You, you'll get my philosophy about everything. And here's my life. 
I wake up every day saying, what can I do to serve other people today? What can I do to serve other people? Because folks, leadership, there's no leadership other than servant leadership. And if serving is beneath you, leading is above you. Leadership is simply serving people. The greatest leader I ever read about was Jesus. And he got down and he washed their feet. The greatest leader I ever read about cooked breakfast for his disciples. The greatest leader I ever read about met a woman that nobody wanted anything to do with at a well and cared for her even though she had been married five times and was living with a man at the time. You want to be great? You want to be great? Take the robe off and put an apron on. You want to have significance in your life? Serve people. Serve people. I close with this story. Maybe it fits. Jean Nodich. Think, who's that lady with the big glasses? She's the lady who started Weight Watchers. Jean Nottage said that when she was a young girl, she would go to the city park. And she said there would be mothers there and they would be talking. They'd be talking. And she said, I would see their children and they would be sitting in the swings. And they'd just be sitting still. And she said, I would go to the swings and I would give them a push. And then they'd start pulling with their little legs. And she said, I decided early on, all they needed was a push. And I spent the rest of my life just giving people a push. <laughs> you, know, you know what where, where fulfillment's at? It's just spending your life giving people a push. It's spending your life just serving other people. Because one day, every one of us are going to stand before God. And I'll tell you, I'm 57 years old. And as I get older, I spend less time thinking about what others are saying about me and more time thinking about what God is going to say to me. That's a good tweet. And one day I'll stand before God and you will too. And I want to hear those words just like you do. Well done, thy good and faithful. And folks, we can't be a servant unless we serve other people. And we can't have significance unless we serve other people. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, 
be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.